Good morning, Bridge. How are we doing, guys? So good to see you this morning. So how do you hear from God? Anybody ever hear from God? We're in a series. We're kicking off a whole new series. We're calling Sound On, kind of subtitled Unmuting God's Voice, and we're leaning into this idea of, man, I really do need to hear from God, but I'm not sure how. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking that in great detail by looking at it from several different angles. Next week, we're going to look at how do you position yourself to hear from God. Quite frankly, some of us aren't hearing from God because he's calling, but he's getting a busy signal. We have to slow down enough to actually hear from him. Then we're going to talk about how do you know if a thought or an idea that you think might be God, how do you know whether it's God or not? I mean, how do you know if this is just a kind of a weird idea or, or it, in fact, is God speaking? I'm going to give you a tool, uh, both in print and in message, that will help you to determine whether an idea is from God. And then finally, the most important message of the series is what do you do when you've heard from God? What do you actually do with that? The reality is that many of you sitting in this room right now, watching online right now, standing on this stage right now, have heard from God at one time or another over the lives, and we just didn't do anything about it. And after a while, you start wondering, why would God keep talking if I'm not going to do what he says? So we're going to talk about all of those issues over the next four weeks. I hope you'll lean into it. If you've got to travel, be sure to log in and watch us online or, or get the, the message later. But let's lean into this thing because it's one of the most important subjects as followers of Jesus Christ that we need to be uh, aware of and deal with. Today, we're focusing on the ways that God speaks, how God speaks. So let's just jump right into it. The book of Job, chapter 33, talks a lot about God speaking. Verse 14, here we go, one, two, three, go. For God does speak. Now, now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. That says to me that God is speaking. He's speaking in a, in a number of different ways, but we aren't always listening, even though we need desperately to hear from him. So what do you do? What is the, what, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Any, any of you guys ever been there where you really needed to hear from God and you said, God, could you just send me a text? I mean, could you, could you write it in the sky? Could you, you know, put something? I mean, if you can count the numbers of hairs on my head and you can speak and the world comes into existence, surely you can Instagram me or something. Give me a Facebook post. Let me know what it is that I need to hear from you. And then, of course, I find myself going, I, you know, if he did speak, I'm so thick-headed, I probably wouldn't hear him. Anyway, so what do we do? How do we deal with this thing called sound on, unmuted, unmuting God's voice? In case you're sitting here thinking, well, it's kind of an interesting subject. I'm not sure it's all that important to my life. Let me, let me quickly give you three reasons that, that we need to lean into this series uh, and really pay attention to it, really focus on it. Uh, this would be one of those series I would encourage you to go to the Bridge NC app and download the, uh, the, the notes uh, go to uh, save it to your journal, take your own notes, follow along. Here's one of these series that, uh, in fact, I got an email this morning from, from a, a member of a former church who said, Pastor, I remember one time when you taught on this subject, and now I've got a group of people asking me, can you send me that material because I want to teach it. It's just one of those subjects that keeps coming up, resonating in our hearts. I hope you'll lean into this thing. Let me give you three reasons that's so important. Reason number one is it assures me that I'm in God's family. Hearing God's voice assures me that I'm in God's family. It's simply one of the evidences that you are, in fact, in a relationship with, with Jesus. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, if you've never heard God's voice, I recommend a checkup. Because relationships are based on dialogue. Am I right? 
And if there's no dialogue in a relationship, then you begin to wonder if there's a relationship there or not. And Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the God of the universe. Here, here's how Jesus put it, John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Who, who listens to his voice? And who are the sheep? Somebody say we are, right quick. We are. Look at somebody say he's talking about us. There's a myth out there that says God only speaks to super saints, that there's these certain people who are online or certain people who are on TV or certain people who are on the stage, and of course God speaks to them because they're the super saints. But I tell you, that that, that simply isn't biblically true. The, the reality is that God is a shepherd and he speaks to all of his sheep, and all of his sheep know his voice, he knows uh, their voices and they know his. When my sons call me on the phone, they don't identify themselves. They don't say, hi, dad, just want to let you know this is Adam and I'm, I'm your middle son and I live in Chesapeake, Virginia. He doesn't do all that stuff. Why? Because I recognize his voice immediately. When I call him, I don't say, hey, uh, son, th this is your dad. Remember the guy that you know, I don't go through all that stuff because he knows who I am. In fact, when they were growing up, they didn't just know my voice. They knew the various tones of my voice. And all the parents said, amen. I had at least five of them. How many you got? I mean, there was the Zach. Then there was the Zach. Then there was the Zach. Then there was the Zachary. <laughs> And sometimes he didn't hear me until I got to the sorry part, right? That's just the, kind of the way it works. But we recognize one another's voice. And I admit, when they were first born, they probably didn't recognize my voice. I just made every mother in the room mad because you know that they recognized yours immediately. But nevertheless, you know, so over time, they grew and matured and recognized my voice. And the longer you're a believer, the easier it is to recognize the voice of God but the bottom line is that hearing from him in one of the many ways that he speaks is an assurance that you're in his family, that you're in a relationship with him. The second reason this is such an important topic is that it actually protects me. The voice of God protects me from making bad choices. If you, if you listen to him before you commit to something, you can avoid a whole lot of mistakes. Let's go back to Job 33 again, this time verse 17 and 18. God speaks, causing them to change their minds and keeping them from pride and warning them of the penalties of sin and keeping them from falling into some trap. You see all the benefits to God's voice in that one little passage right there? How many of you have ever been in the process of making a decision and, and, and you felt like this was what you're supposed to do and you're looking forward to it and suddenly the door closed and you got frustrated? And later on, you realize that it was God who closed the door, and you are so glad that he did because he saved you from making a really bad mistake, making a really bad decision. Yeah, that's how it works sometimes. But it doesn't just keep us from making uh, bad choices. He'll direct us to making good choices, uh, valid choices, choices that you don't even have full information on, but you just sense uh, that, the, that God is speaking, and this is the direction you should go in. Let me give you one quick example of that. When we were in the Philippines, we opened a Bible college to train church planters, and uh, we were looking for a place to 
to buy land and build buildings for the Bible college. And the conventional wisdom was for us to locate in a certain city where all of the colleges and universities of that region were. But it was so incredibly expensive. I just felt like, I don't know if we can do this or not. So I started looking at some of the other towns in the area. And I went to a smaller town, found a piece of property a mile out of town and found a very nice piece of property for a very reasonable price. And that's where we wound up building Harvester's Bible Institute. And I was called crazy. I was said, no, you shouldn't do that. Man, you're making a mistake. Why in the world are you building the Bible College in Condon? And why are you building it out of town in Condon? Nobody, they just didn't understand. But I knew somehow in the process that we'll be talking about over the next three or four weeks that I'd heard from God on this thing. And so I kind of pressed it and said, guys, I really believe this is what God is saying. This is what we're supposed to do. Fast forward 25 years from the date of that decision, the town of Condon has not only grown, but it's become the economic center of that region of the country. It's grown to a quarter of a million people, and, and the city bought land on one side of the Bible college, and, uh, and the high school bought land on the other side of the Bible college, and the center of town is right there. The Bible college is in the center of the downtown area now with City Hall on one side and high school. And I had no idea that that was going to happen, but God knew that was going to happen 20 years down the road. So sometimes when you take the time to listen for God's voice, not only will he save you from making some bad decisions, but he'll actually give you wisdom to how to make decisions that don't make sense in a conventional wisdom kind of way, but you just, you've got to listen. You've got to hear from him. The third thing quickly, and I'll, I'll get into how he speaks, is, is at the, the bottom line is it's just it's the secret to a productive life. This idea of hearing from God and following God's voice is the bottom line secret to a productive life. Again, here's how Jesus put it in John chapter 15, verse 5. If a person remains in me and I remain in him, then he produces much fruit, but without me he can do anything he wants. What? Without me, he can do a few simple things. What? Without me, he can do, you want to say it or you want me to? Nothing. Nada. Zip. Nothing. Is that clear? Oh, no, let's be clear. You can build buildings, but they'll fall down eventually. You, you can build a name for yourself, but it'll fade. Stick your hand in a bucket of bucket of water, Winston Churchill said, and pull it out. See how long it takes the water to go back. That's how long your name will last when you're off the scene. You can make a lot of money, but it'll get spent. You can't do anything of eternal value without Jesus at the heart of it all. So if you don't get anything else I say today, if this is the only thing, if you tune out and go to brunch, if you get up and walk out after this, stay long enough to hear this simple quote, capture it, remind yourself of it regularly. The more I depend on God's voice, the more productive my life will be. Say it with me. The more I depend on God's voice, the more productive my life will be. One more time like you mean it. The more I depend on God's voice, the more productive my life will be if you don't get anything else I say in this whole series get that it, it blows me away the, the, the frequency with which I find myself in small group settings or classrooms and, and, and even Christian leaders sometimes and I'll open the conversation by saying okay guys somebody tell me something you've heard from God lately and it's crickets in the room 
when in fact we ought to be in tune to him and listening to him and listening for his voice because it is the secret to a productive life. Avoiding mistakes, making wise decisions, ultimately that assurance that we're in his family. So any of you need any of those things? Any of those things have value to you? Well, then stick around for a minute and let's talk about some of the ways that he speaks. How does he go about speaking? If you read through the scriptures, you'll find out that he speaks a lot of different ways, some really weird ways in the Bible, as a matter of fact. I mean, he, he, he spoke one time through a burning bush that didn't burn up. That's pretty strange. Can you imagine that if you walked out of your house this morning and your Japanese maple was on fire? Your, your first thought would not be, oh, God must want to say something to me. Your first thought would be, I paid $500 for that tree, and it's on fire. Call the fire department. I mean, it's just what we would do, but that's what happened. There was one time that Abraham needed to hear from God, and, and a guy showed up with a couple of friends, and in the course of the conversation, Adam realized that not only were two of the friends angels, but one of them was an angel of the Lord, which is an Old Testament expression for, for an, an appearance of God in Old Testament period. So Abraham realizes, I'm actually entertaining God in my house. I mean, what would happen if, they, if that happened to you? Oh, well, the house is not usually a mess like this. I mean, we usually keep it clean in this, right? Just, ah. He spoke to the nation of Israel when they were in the wilderness. You remember how he did that? Any of you know? Sometimes he'd have a, a, a cloud in the sky during daylight hours. Sometimes he'd have a pillar of fire in the sky during nighttime hours. And when the cloud or the pillar would move, what did they do? They packed up tents and they moved too. That was the way he spoke to them, the way he gave them guidance. When it stopped, they set up camp, and they stayed there until it moved again. There was the one occasion when, uh, when, when a guy uh, named Balaam, uh, God actually spoke to him through a donkey. I, had, I said that one time, and a fellow came to me. He said, that only happened once? It happens around here every Sunday morning. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's such a big deal. Oh, thank you very much. No respect, no respect whatsoever, no respect. Now, let's just be honest. I wouldn't hold my breath until God speaks to you in one of those ways, okay? I wouldn't sit around waiting for that. But there are some more common ways that he speaks, and I want to outline them for you very quickly in the time we have left. I want to outline them for you. Again, we're just kind of setting the stage for what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks, but I want you to get into this with me. There are six perhaps more common ways he speaks today. I actually want to give them to you in the order of frequency, the order of occurrence, the least frequent kind of way that he speaks uh, from my perspective all the way up to the most common way and uh, so that you can begin to tune your ear to hear. So the reality is God is speaking constantly. It, it, just as there are Wi-Fi signals in this room right now, just as there are TV waves in this room right now, just as there are radio frequencies in this room right now, God is speaking right now. The only question is, do you have the equipment to tune in? Are you dialed into the frequency? That's the only question. So how do we know how God speaks so that we begin to tune our antenna <clears throat> to hear his voice when the time comes? Let's get into it. Number one is God rarely speaks with an audible voice. God rarely speaks with an audible voice. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, inside the tent, the Lord spoke to Moses 
face to face as a man speaks to his friend. I'll just say up front, I've never had that experience. I don't know anyone personally that has had that experience. Perhaps some of you have. I'm not saying he won't speak that way. I, I don't recommend that you wait till you hear his audible voice before you move because it's extremely rare. Frankly, the only reason I mentioned it is because it's in Scripture. And he did do it sometimes in Scripture. And perhaps you've had that experience, and if you have, then, then you'll run that through the same test that we'll talk about in a couple of weeks as any other method that he speaks. The second one, a little more frequent, is occasionally he speaks through dreams. He rarely speaks in an audible voice, but occasionally he will speak through dreams. Uh, back to Job 33, verse 14, 16 this time. God speaks again and again in dreams. When sleep falls on men as they lie on their beds, he opens their ears and gives them wisdom and instruction. In other words, God can actually speak to you while you're sleeping. Quite frankly, for some of you, it's the only time your mind's not racing. For others of you, it's the only time your mouth's not moving. Right? For all of us, it is the time when we're least distracted, when we are most relaxed. And I'm not saying for a moment that every dream you ever have is from God. It could be you ate too much pizza before you went to bed. I'm not, you know, this, every dream where well, you watched a scary movie and had a dream. That's, uh, but he does do this. It's common in Scripture. In fact, truth is, I try to position myself for it. I do. Particularly when I've got a decision to make and something that I'm processing through, I will take my, my phone, I'll make sure it's by my bed and it's fully charged. I, I got my notepad on my phone. I used to do this pen and paper, but now I do electronically and I keep my phone and before I go to sleep, I'll say, God, is there something you want to say to me about this subject? Lord, what's the best way for me to illustrate this point in the sermon that's coming up? Lord, I, I've got a decision to make. If you've got any wisdom for me, I want to hear it. And I go to sleep with that thought in my mind and I can't tell you the number of times over the years that I've woke up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning with an idea that, that's just so clear in my mind that I have to type it out. I bring my phone under the covers. I learned to do this. I uh, bring the phone under the covers so when it lights up, Kim says, what are you doing? I'm just writing down what I think God might have said. You know, it's called bring it under the covers now to type that out. And the next morning, um, it's just short of genius, and sometimes it's dumb as dirt. <laughs> what in the world does that mean? But there have been a many a time that I believe God spoke to me through that dream. And again, I'm not saying every dream is from God. Sometimes it's just your subconscious kind of reorganizing thoughts. That's why dreams tend to be so jumbled and it jumps into events and activities and people at various parts of your life. It's just your subconscious kind of processing through things. But every now and then, God does speak. Occasionally, he speaks in that way. I will say quickly that dreams are not... Uh, an incredibly reliable source of wisdom because they tend to be so open to interpretation. Uh, You've got to be sure that they're interpreted accurately in the times in Scripture that you see these kinds of dream situations. It's often that Joseph is nearby or Daniel is nearby. Somebody is nearby that God can give the interpretation of the translation to. I'm just saying don't rule them out. Maybe don't depend on them, but don't rule them out either because he does occasionally speak through dreams. So rarely God speaks, hello, you've got to help me out here. I'll be here all day. Rarely God speaks audibly. Occasionally God speaks through dreams. Sometimes, now we're getting to the realm of more frequency, sometimes he speaks through impressions. He's through, he speaks through thoughts. He speaks through ideas that come to mind. John chapter 1, verse 26. I like it in the, the multiple choice Bible. 
also known as the Amplified. I call it multiple choice because you can pick your favorite word. But here we go. Let's read it. One, two, three, go. The helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, to act on my behalf. Don't you love it? He will, come on, read this part with me out loud. He will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. And so there are times when, when God will speak to you, the Holy Spirit will speak to you in an idea, an impression, and provide information for you. But teachers and counselors, any teachers, counselors among us today? Yeah, there's a lot of you. You guys aren't content with just conveying information to your students or your clients, are you? You want them to be able to, get, to glean this information, comprehend this information, and process through this information so that they can reason intelligently in the future. Is that right? All the teachers in the room said, yeah, that's what you want to do. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He doesn't want to just do a data dump and give you information. He wants to give you enough information that you can process through this and make some sense of it. We all get ideas. We get, you know, some of us get 27 dozen ideas a day. The question is, where do they come from? And we'll talk about that in one of the messages in the series in a little more detail. But the bottom line is that some of them, some of those ideas uh, are from God. Some of them are straight from the pit. But some of them are from God. We have to know how, how to sort through and reason through is this idea from God or not. In fact, we're going to spend a whole Sunday on just that issue. I've written a book, just a small booklet. We're going to give away free that day. Uh, I call it the seven filters to know if you, this idea is from God. And we're going to spend a whole Sunday morning talking about this, uh, not only where the ideas and impressions come from, but how do you know if they really are from, from God? Because we can get these ideas from a lot of different places. Let me just, let me just say this quickly and we'll move on. Uh, the two extremes that I've seen that I want you to be aware of and, and be wary of. Uh, one is what can be often called rationalism, and the other is mysticism. Uh, rationalists are the people who say, you know, God never gives any, uh, those ideas are not from God. That's not what God does. God is silent. He's uninvolved. He doesn't really speak anymore. You just thought that up. That's not from God. There's no rational explanation to say that God did that. They won't even consider the possibility. On the other extreme is the mystic, mysticism, the belief that every idea is from God. And we've all known these people. Perhaps some of you have fallen into the trap from time to time where every idea is from God, and you just kind of find yourself going, well, God told me to buy that car. Six weeks later, it's a lemon. God told me to sell that car. God told me to quit that job. Now I can't make my house payment. God told me to come ask you to make my house payment for me. God told me, come on, every idea is not from God, guys. We have to figure out which ones are before we make decisions based on those ideas. Otherwise, we wind up disillusioned and we blame God for the choices that we made that put us on the road that we're on, which is why Paul warned us uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Read it with me out loud. Here we go. Prove, what does all include? All Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Sort through those ideas. Only hold on to the ones that prove to be, in fact, from God. Again, we're going to spend a whole Sunday on that. For now, I'll give you one test that is always, 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 did I say always, always reliable is if it doesn't line up with God's word, 
it ain't from God. God will not speak something to you that contradicts what he's already written to you. So the bottom line litmus test is does it line up with Scripture? God rarely speaks, come on, God rarely speaks audibly. He occasionally speaks through dreams. He sometimes speaks through impressions. He often speaks through his children. He often speaks through his children. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. If God has given you the ability to prophesy, then prophesy whenever you can, as often as your faith is strong enough to receive a message from God. Everybody's gifted in some ways. Some people are gifted in in this prophetic kind of uh, ministry, and if that's God's gifted you in that way, you should use that gift. You should make sure, again, that ideas are from God before you use them, but it's a valid biblical expression, and sometimes God does that. Here's what I want you to hear me say, is that the prophetic gift is not always a hyper-spiritual experience. Suddenly the room darkened, and, and everything went to a fog, and, and it was like I was in a tunnel, and lightning struck, and this person said, Thus saith the word of the Lord. It may happen that way, but a lot of times it's just somebody who says something in passing, and you find yourself going, What did I just say? Sometimes it's somebody saying uh, a word in season that strikes you, and they don't even know the context, but you know the context. You ever, you ever been in a church service when preacher's preaching, and, and, and you feel like you're the only one in the room? And he's talking to me and nobody else? Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I've been there. I mean, I still remember the night I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Claude Hurley was preaching a revival at my home church in Bladenboro, North Carolina, uh, Saturday night in May of 1970, and I didn't hear a word he said in the whole sermon. I just was not interested, didn't want to be there. The only reason I was in church because I knew Mama wouldn't let me take the family car out after church if I didn't sit through church. And so here I'm on a Saturday night. I didn't want to be there, 17 years old, about to finish high school, did not want to be there, but I sat through the whole thing, didn't hear a word he said until the end. And it was almost like he put a laser target on my forehead and he said what are you going to do with your one and only life you will never be happy until you do what God put you on the planet to do and I'd already mapped out my life I'd already planned out my life Already, I don't even go into the details of all of that stuff, but I was going to be a rock star. I mean, I just already had this plan for my life. I'll be honest with you. If somebody had come to me that day and had said, Jim, over the next 40-plus years, you're going to go here and go there and do this and do that, I'd have said, you're nuts. But there I was, sitting on the back row of church, preacher looking at nobody in particular, but burning into my soul, and God spoke directly to me. And I knew my life would never be the same again. If you don't hear God speak to you from time to time, then then this is a series you need to lean into because those are life-defining kind of moments that can not only assure you that you're in your family and lead to a productive life, but it also helps you to make avoid some bad decisions and make some really, really good ones. Now, when you start to hear from God, you're tuned in, you're prepared. 
wait a minute, Jim. Are, are, are you saying that God speaks through you on stage? Yeah, I am. But I'm not saying that he only speaks through me. I'm saying he can speak through you. He can speak through any one of us in any given moment, and sometimes we don't even realize what we're saying and the impact of what we're saying. We're just saying the words that God's put in our hearts, and before you know it, that my favorite is a lady that came to me one Sunday morning in the altar, and she said, Pastor, can I ask you about your sermon? And I said, sure. She said, what did you mean when you said? And she quoted this thing, and I'm standing there going, I, I didn't say it. I don't want to offend this lady, but I, I know I didn't say that. And, she, and I said, but, so but what I said to her was, well, what part of the sermon did I say that in? She said, well, right here at the end. You, you just said it. I said, okay, uh, Lord, you've got to give me something because I didn't say it. I know I didn't say it. And so I found myself saying, well, what do you think the Lord was saying to you? And she told me. I said, that's dead on. Let's pray that. And I walked away going, God spoke this morning. I got credit for it. I didn't even say it, but God spoke. Sometimes we are the instruments of God speaking. And sometimes those instruments are six-year-olds, if we'll listen. Out of the mouth of babes, sometimes the wisdom of God comes. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. And that's why, yes, every weekend I spend time I come to the office it's pretty quiet here on Saturday afternoons and I'll come into my office for a few hours and and really just spend my time praying I've written the sermon I've turned the outline in I know pretty much what I'm going to say to you but now I'm praying Lord you know who's going to be here Lord, you know what the people who are coming or are watching online you know what they need to hear Lord I need you to give me information I don't have or I need you to help me remember information that I've learned. I need you to help me to forget the rest that's not important. I need you to speak to me so that I can speak to them. I have not slept through a Saturday night in 49 years because I take this so very seriously. All during the night, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock this morning, I'm praying, oh God, Give me a word. Give me something. Let me speak something that's life-giving, not just a well-organized sermon, but something that will spark somebody to say, I just heard from God today. I take it seriously. I'm begging you to take it seriously too because we're all given that privilege, and God often speaks through his children to one another. Let me, let me add this to it, and we'll move on. Sometimes you get an impression, you get an idea to to thank somebody, encourage somebody, a word of encouragement in season. Stop what you're doing and write them, text them, call them, Facebook them, go see them, do something. Do not let it pass because sometimes those words in season can affect a life more profoundly than you ever dreamed. Sometimes God speaks. Often he speaks through his children and he may well have a message a word of encouragement from you for somebody who desperately needs it right now. Just stop for a second. Say, girl, you were on my mind. Just wanted to say, God loves you and I do too. God rarely speaks audibly. He occasionally speaks through 
dreams, sometimes speaks through impressions. He often speaks through his children, that's us. But God always, 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 did I say always? God always speaks through Facebook. That's what he does. He always <laughs> speaks through Facebook. I'm just kidding. But wouldn't it be awesome if there was a website out there, www.godspeaks.com? Wouldn't it be so cool? You could just log on and say, okay, God, what do you want to say to me today? You know, get this kind of uh, uh, social media blast every now and then. Log in to, to GodSpeaks.com today. There's a whole new link. What to do next? Yes, I'm going to the website. Fact is, there is a place. There is a place. Somebody say it with me. There is a place where God always speaks. Anybody know where it is? It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. It's the written Word of God. It's the love letter of God to us, the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. I like the way the King James lays it out very succinctly. All Scripture. What does all include? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You need to understand the Bible is not just a book of ideas. Not just a a book that was written by 40 to 44 authors over 1,500 years. It's not just the thoughts of men that have been compiled over the centuries. It's not just human thoughts about God. It is God's word to us. That the word inspiration in the Greek is theonoustos, theonoustos. You know the word pneuma? Anybody know that word? You get pneumatic tires, you get pneumonia, it all has to do with breath, right? Theo is God, and so it is the breath of God. The Bible is the very breath of God. It is God-breathed. It comes from the very essence of God. Yes, God inspired men to write, but he superintended that process and this translation over the centuries so that there is a common thread. Even though it was written by so many dozen authors over so many dozen centuries, there's a common thread as though one author wrote it in one setting, and he did. It was God himself. It's the only trustworthy document that has stood the test of time. And culture can tell you it's outdated, but culture is the one that's outdated. Culture changes every time you turn around. Cultural ideas change with, every, with the whim of every social media blast or every news cycle. Culture changes constantly. The Word of God is the one foundation, the one constant you can depend on. It is the number one way that God speaks, which is why it is so very important that we spend time with it. Can't tell you the number of times over the years that I've had a question or a, or a dilemma or a decision and in the course of a small group setting or, or, or in, during a quiet time or during worship and find a scripture, a scripture would come to mind and that would be the answer I've been looking for, just pondering the word of God, reading the word of God, uh, discussing the word of God. The problem is we're all waiting for the movie to come out. We're all waiting for the preacher to tell us what the Word says on Sunday mornings for 30 or 40 minutes every week, and, and we're wondering why we're malnourished. And that's why I'm asking us as a church, sincerely, we'll be bringing this up a lot all throughout the year, I'm asking us as a church this year to let's all read through the Bible together. 
let's just invest some time this year and read through the Word of God uh, together. In fact, we've gone to the Version Bible, the digital Bible, and our team has put together a reading plan. If you'll go to the Bridge NC app, click on reading plans at the bottom of the app, the first thing that comes up is the Bridge reading plan. You click on the Bridge reading plan, and it will lay out for you scriptures to read every day throughout the course of the year. And all you've got to do is click on the day, and the scriptures will pop up right there. You'd rather read through a print Bible than just you can look it up in your print Bible from there. Uh, we're actually going to give you bookmarks. You see the bookmarks? You can't tell much about them on screen, but they'll be here in another week or two. These bookmarks are going to be available to you, and we're going to ask you to put them in your Bible as you read. Uh, for those of you that read digitally, there's one that's a magnet you can put on your refrigerator to remind you. During the course of this year, we're going to get into the Word of God, and I'm challenging you, I'm asking you to sincerely consider going on this journey with us, and let's read through the Bible together, because when you read it, when you study it, when you discuss it, you will hear His voice. I've got to close, but there is one, one other area I have to address before I do. No matter what method God uses to speak to you, the bottom line is that he wants you to hear him. He needs you to hear him. You need to hear him. He's a loving father who cares like any loving father or mother who wants their children to hear what they have to say. He will do what he has to do to get the message through to you. So there is a sixth methodology, and that is, I'll say it this way, as a last resort, God sometimes speaks through pain. Sometimes it's the only way he can get our attention. And so in order to warn us from an eternal danger, he will allow a temporary difficulty to come in our lives in order to get our attention. There's an old saying that says, sometimes we change when we see the light, but most of the time we change when we feel the heat. And God will allow the heat to get hot if that's what he has to do to get the message through. I'm not saying God causes pain. Frankly, he doesn't have to. There are enough choices and consequences going on all around us. We're making choices and consequences that bring pain into our lives. I'm saying God will allow that pain to come but he will not waste that pain. He will not waste that hurt. He's still in control and he will allow it he promised he wouldn't let it be more than we can bear, but it's always for our good. I love the way the good news paraphrases Proverbs 20, 30. Let's read it together. Sometimes, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. You can say amen or oh me, but it's true. C.S. Lewis says that God whispers to us in our pleasure. He shouts at us in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone. Jim, listen to me. If you keep crossing the street without looking both ways, you're going to get hit by a car. Parents will use whatever tone they have to to keep their children from doing that. Parents will use whatever voice or level of voice they have to. They'll spank if they have to to keep their children from getting into greater pain and greater problems. Any parents in the room agree with that one? So God will allow things to come into our lives sometimes 
Because he loves us so much, he's trying to warn us from something greater. This room is filled with people, let's be honest, who could parade across this stage, take the microphone, and tell stories of how God spoke to them along the way, and they ignored him, and it led into trouble. And now they realize he was speaking, but they weren't listening. That's why I've learned to listen to the check in my spirit that comes just this kind of, mm, wait, whoa, slow down. I used to blow right past that. I've learned to listen to that. Why does God bother? Because you matter to him. Every detail of your life matters to him. Why would he make all this effort? Because he made you on purpose to live a life of significance and fulfillment and to have an abundant life, and he'll do what he has to do to get your attention in order for you to live that fulfilling life that he promised he loves you too much to stand back and just let it go wherever it wants to go. So what's our response? I'll close. Hebrews 3.15. Today, if you hear God's voice speaking to you, come on, read it with me. Do not harden your heart against him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us enough that you're speaking even right now. You're the one that knows us intimately. You know every detail of our lives. Even more intimately than our closest friends or our own family, you know us. Probably even better than we know ourselves, you know us. Thank you for caring enough to speak to us. And I pray in the quietness of this moment that we would all make a simple commitment to begin to listen, to make sure that we're listening, to prioritize listening, to be intentional about listening to your voice in 2020. Keep your heads bowed for just a minute. I'm not going to keep you, but I want you to pray a prayer with me. Go something like this. You can do it in your own words, silent, aloud. I don't care, but God, I want to hear your voice. Come on, God, I need to hear your voice. And I realize that your audible voice is pretty rare. Occasionally, you speak through dreams. There are various ways that you speak. But whatever method you choose to speak to me, I'm listening. I commit to read your word, the Bible. And not just read, but pray, Holy Spirit, be my teacher, my consultant, my helper, my counselor, my guide. Help me not only to learn, but to remember process through what I'm reading. Thank you for caring that much for me. With your head still bowed for just a minute, I realize on a day like this and a place like this, watching online, there may be some of you that say, well, I've, you know, I've never really heard God's voice before. I'm not sure what it sounds like. Through, through any one of those methods you've mentioned today, I'm not sure I know what that sounds like then maybe your first step is to establish your relationship with him. So would you pray a prayer with me? Jesus, I want to know you. God, I want to connect with you. Forgive me for not doing this sooner, but here I am. Give me a fresh start today. 
And this time, let me do life in relationship with you, hearing your voice, having your direction. Thank you that you will receive me and you have. In Jesus' name.